Well, it's another gorgeous Friday afternoon here in Boston, and it's time for another Marketing Agility Podcast. Roland, how are things? Things are great. Looking forward to our conversation today with some Agile coaches. I know. Well, you know, for me, I'm a soccer dad and a coach. I coach my son's under-eight soccer team, and we just finished our season the other day. I was thinking about coaching. I always think about the kind of coaching maybe you would use with an Agile team might not be the same. I don't know, standing on the sideline screaming and get sand out of your cleats and you know positive coaching you're not going to amount to anything if you don't play harder you know all that stuff you do as a parent yep hey i think your next book your first book <laughs> everything i needed to learn Me? about marketing management i learned coaching From being an agile. Yeah, yeah an agile soccer coach agile soccer coach that's a good point well today we're pretty fortunate to have a couple of agile coaches here and the interesting thing roland i we talked about this before, the maturity of agile and marketing. We haven't seen the full ecosystem develop yet. Yet, when I go to regular agile meetups, most notably the one that here in Boston we did with the Boston product, sorry, Agile New England group here, we did a joint event with them. We had Andy Kling, who was one of our recent guests, Milan Bayik from the main group that I worked with, and then Stacy Dubovic, who's going to be on the pod with us, as well as David Grable, who's a, a leader in the Agile New England group. So why don't we do this? Why don't I just ring them up? David, Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Frank. Looking forward to it. One of the things we're going to talk about is the topic of Agile coaching, the idea of what so our listeners are principally marketers, marketers who are getting started with Agile, and the ecosystem doesn't really exist with a lot of Agile coaches. Stacey, can you kick us off? Can you share a little bit about what is it that you do as, a, as an Agile coach at Vistaprint? So Vistaprint has embarked on a mind shift evolution across the organization. So as an Agile coach, I do a lot of coaching at the team level, a lot of mentoring and education uh, for over 130 employees across three continents. Does that mean that you're working with, let's say, a scrum lead or a team lead as well as executives, or are you focused more on the implementation team? It certainly goes across the organization. We have done some executive training, but I focus primarily on managers of teams and then the individual teams themselves. I've been doing a little bit more work at the executive level, and it's it started with scrum on the technology side, moved over to more of a Kanban approach in the agency, in the internal agency, and now we're extending into channel marketing and strategic marketing. And uh, we're working at the director level and above for both training and some education and exposing them to what Agile looks like at other companies as well. So what motivates your executive team to make this kind of investment? It came out of the transformation in our business process about three years ago, we had a traditional waterfall process, very heavyweight, ridiculously long lead times. And while we dominated one market segment, we weren't making enough traction in adjacent segments. So the, the executive team abandoned the old heavyweight business process system. And after some very good initial success, with Scrum on the technology side. We identified some places where the agency could benefit and start and realized that uh, they needed coaches to actually bring it forward. 
So I'm curious how you got around or through what is sometimes comes up as a chicken or egg question on the podcast here, which is that your executives chose to bring coaches in-house. A lot of folks that we've talked to have relied on outside resources to, to do coaching, and that may not be as effective as has having somebody internal, especially when it um, comes to scaling in the enterprise. But oftentimes, if the executive doesn't already have coaching and isn't fully up to speed with Agile, they may not be willing to commit to resourcing this, these roles internally. So how did that happen at Vistaprint? Uh, it happened as a hybrid that there was a little bit of organic movement internally and established, hired one lead coach and then scoured the uh, existing set of Agile consultants, uh, selected one company and brought them in, and then they partnered. I actually started at Vistaprint as a consultant through the external agency. And when that contract ended, I hired on as a regular full-time. And the outside agency, we've licensed all of their training material, all of their reference material, and uh, occasionally tap into them for advice. So we get, we've sort of had the best of both worlds. The outside consultants tend to come with a certain amount of instant credibility just because the company's spending a lot of money on them and they supposedly know something, sometimes we do, <laughs> and uh, built that up into an internal competency. And right now it's focused in our North American headquarters uh, in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, we're in the process of extending that to our European headquarters in Barcelona. So is it fair to say that you have executive buy-in at this point strongly? We have strong executive buy-in from a very large percentage of the executive team in our business unit. There are still a few skeptics that need to uh, have a little bit more education and exposure to some more successes before they will join the, the ranks of the uh, committed. But I think we have a critical mass support, including the president of the business unit. Agile can sometimes be viewed as flavor of the day or like a, a trend that's kind of coming through. How do you get past the skeptics further down the org chart? I mean, I guess the bigger question to me is how well was it received and were there people who resisted at the beginning? Of, of course there's resistance and basically nothing succeeds like success extended with some education and further experimentation. So I started with a pilot situation with our North American email team within three to six months, demonstrated vastly improved business outcomes and combined that with a 12-week training program aimed at uh, managers and directors. Some of them entered the class very skeptical, some left as champions, some left as people who were open to trying it. And then we flavored that with some uh, an option or encouragement to experiment and try things and have, have gotten some very explicit messages transmitted from our executive team that uh, it's okay to fail as long as we learn, and they're open to large numbers of small experiments. You made reference to the fact that you came from product management or that you've worked a lot with product management and that you had to use different methods in the context of marketing. I think you, you mentioned that the team you were working with moved to Kanban. Can you talk a little bit about how you've adjusted your methods for the marketing context? 
Well, I think the key thing for adjusting for the marketing context is to figure out how to how to deliver the vision, the values, and the principles that resonate with them. So coming from the technology world, which is my primary background up till about two or three years ago, the key there uh, was the Agile values and principles, the original Agile manifesto. And when we tried that on the agency creative group and on the channel marketing team, uh, they had trouble buying into software being the primary measure of progress, et cetera. It was just it was too much of a technology focus. We were lucky to find the Agile Marketing Manifesto, which moves the focus off of software, broadens it, and also incorporates some of the lean startup thinking that wasn't as preeminent when the original manifesto was written. So we started using that. We got some good traction there. And then we had to take it one step further because the marketing manifesto is a sprint zero and uh, some of the wording uh, wasn't resonating. So we actually came up with a Vistaprint version, which just evolved that with a a little sharper wording that uh, seems to have resonated pretty well with our designers, our writers, our channel marketing people, our analysts, uh, and, and our marketing strategists. So you guys started in email marketing, did some yeah. training. You've mm-hmm. moved over. My understanding, Stacy, when you guys were doing it, you've moved it over to the agency side of your marketing. Some yeah. folks on your product marketing team starting to embrace it? They are. So with the success of the North America email pilot that we ran, the there were a couple of champions that emerged from that experience. They were also going through some of our education and training at the time. So they were working with other channels. So for example, um, site merchandising is another team where we had agile champions embedded and they took the training and the learnings that they had from the email pilot and really began to penetrate organic thinking and, and really got the teams moving in that way. And that was sort of our bridge into the product marketing space. Can you touch on how you scaled laterally across the organization? Did you take folks from that original team and break them up to sort of teach other people? Or did you drive the scale mostly through your coaching? I think it was a combination, certainly through the training and education programs that we were running. We handpicked individuals to join those programs from what we call our internal creative agency and our channel marketing partners and combine them into classes or cohorts. So they were actually working together through their education and training and their transformation. And so when we start with a with a new team, we're more likely to have that, that hasn't had the opportunity for the other education. We try to assign a coach, and coaches can can get a team to performing in three to six months. Sometimes it takes a year, but you know three to six months is a good good target. And but that consumes a coach. You know, for for two three teams. The other thing that we've done is we've taken the material that we've licensed from the outside vendor and made that available to the entire corporation through the internal uh, websites. And we've had instances where individual managers formed their own book club and had their team read and discuss uh, 18 substantial books on different mm-hmm. aspects of agile. That sounds like hard work. 
Yeah. It, is. it wasn't just one sprint and you, you know, the silver bullet struck and <laughs> was it some light? Yeah, Project yeah. Eureka, exactly. Give me a sense of you know, two two parts to this question. What percentage of your marketing is agile if you on a you know zero to hundred percent? And then I mean how, how far do you think you guys will be able to get a go to go in marketing? Again, marketing for us is sort of broken down to three buckets. We have the product and channel and agency. And we've been uh, most heavily penetrated in our creative agency, our internal agency. And I'd say they're between 70 and 80% as far as adopting agile practices. I think the channel side is probably closer to about 40%. But our goal is to continue to evolve and get everybody up to 100% and fully um, embracing and being agile. So, so to get there, you, you talked about two different kinds of maybe two big buckets of training. Like there's the continuing education stuff, which it sounds like the team leaders can sort of take that on with the book reading and the staying up with what's happening. But then there's, um, you mentioned the licensed material that you're using and even a kickoff training that you're doing with them. Can you just um, put a little more detail around that? What is that training? How long is it? What's the size of the cohort in the class? and so on. So again, that comes in in different sizes. The biggest uh, one that that I think is the most impactful is what we call an Agile Practitioner Pathway. And they're either general Agile or we can tailor them for product owners, we can tailor them for executives or scrum masters or whatever, because there's a set of 18 sets of classes that we pick from uh, during this 12-week period. So typically, it's a one-day kickoff uh, where uh, it's a a full day where we would cover four or five sections, sort of why would you uh, transform to Agile at all, what are the values and principles, what are, uh, and then we focus on the essence of the education pathway, which is value, flow, and quality, VFQ, and take people through uh, immersive, interactive training on all three aspects, how to deliver customer value fast and at high quality. So it's no longer pick two, you get all three. Then we combine it over the next 12 weeks with a combination of two-hour sessions, which are, again, very interactive, lots of exercises, lots of discussion, homework and reading in between the classes, and then a case study or an article where the students will, the members of the cohort will each do an experiment where they'll apply something from one of the classes to their current work life and report on a before and after. And then we finish that off with a graduation exercise. And then it's reinforced six months later, there's a standing invitation from the president of our business unit to meet face-to-face with all members of the cohort where they can give her some feedback on how they've uh, further applied Agile in their organization after the uh, education was completed. That's certainly executive commitment. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. That's that's (laughs) incredible. I, I... You've gotten me very jealous uh, of your organization. So let's talk about, can we talk about the training and the education part the de- at a detailed level? So it sounds like you're doing early on what is Agile. So kind of culturally and, and strategically. And 
how dogmatic are you guys about agile as in do you have standardized tools standardized processes i mean is everyone using jira is everyone using the same you know mm-hmm. sprint durations i mean how dogmatic are you guys uh, not at all uh, it's it's a complete opt-in model so we we have more than enough pull signals from our organization to consume all of our capacity for 6 to 12 months you know we always kind of drive back to tools and i don't know i mean that's so there, there are there are some standard tools that okay. are adopted and fully supported by the organization, but we allow teams to try out other tools to see if it, it's a better fit for them. So, for example, on our technology side, uh, Jira is the tool of choice. Okay. And, and particularly the Scrum teams, stories, boards, tracking, reporting. We even have a, a portfolio management system based on Jira that manages our idea pipeline to help figure out which next major initiatives will go forward. So that is the default tool for the, on the technology side, particularly for Scrum teams. On the agency side, uh, before Agile was adopted, we brought in a system that was originally called At Task and is now known as Workfront. And it's a good workflow system. It's good for tracking time, which we used to do but don't do anymore. It's got some good reporting capabilities. So we're still using that. It's a good workflow management. But for for most of those teams have adopted Kanban, and they'll start out with, particularly ones that are co-located in a single facility, they will start out with a whiteboard and stickies. So we, we have a bowl of whiteboards and stickies. As they become distributed or bigger, they will then migrate towards Kanban tool of choice. Uh, When teams are just starting with Kanban, uh, sort of a proto-Kanban, they tend to use Trello because it's so ridiculously easy to use and it's free. Mm -hmm. And it's got some nice capabilities. But as we run into some of the limits that Trello has because it's not a true Kanban system, uh, we're starting to investigate some other tools like Swift Kanban, Lean Kit, Benize, Kanban Flow, and there's just a variety of things we're kicking the tires on. Let me ask a follow-up on the tooling here because this is a, it's a selfish question because it's something that I face a lot with my own team. When they're working on an initiative, we're trying to use the, a tool like one of the ones that you mentioned, but there's a lot of work that they're doing which may not be directly connected to the sprint or the initiative that's making its way through Kanban or whatever method you're using. And my question is, how often do you see those practitioners still relying on the tool to manage their personal work? And is that something that you see as a kind of prerequisite for success? Because what I see a lot is there's people on my team who you give them this tool and they absolutely love it and they dive in and it feels like just a better way of working. There's another group of people for whom um, they will use it for the project or the initiative that they're focused on, but then for everything else that they're working on, they've got the system that they've developed personally for the way that they work, and they have a really hard transition. Like, they just don't want to make that transition into the tool, and mm-hmm. that, that can be challenging, I think, from a management perspective. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I encounter that problem a lot more when I'm working in scrum and sprints because the nature of the time box and the commitment to delivery during the time box sort of exacerbates the problem you're trying to deal with there. 
and you run I run into that conflict more. And I've, I've had some success, but it's it's kind of a complicated answer. But I think uh, in our case here, when we're when we're doing Kanban, one of the key things we did in adoption to Kanban was move from a push system to a pull system. So when we were just using Workfront, our project manager's primary job was to go in and four or five months in advance assign tasks and projects to designers and writers based on what they thought their capacity ought to be. Yeah. And when we moved to, and then we really needed to know what people's availability were and what their time was and where they were spending their time and all that. Classic agency, yeah, classic agency <laughs> model, traffic yeah. person in an agency, yeah. yeah. So when we moved to, to Kanban and we introduced a poll system, the project managers were no longer assigning work. We had a prioritized backlog and a daily stand-up, and the members of the agency would go to the board and say, okay, I've just moved this project to done. I now have capacity. I'm going to pull this high-priority project. Now, sometimes they wouldn't pull, and they would say, I've got a commitment to another team or, you know, I'm, I've got to go do expense reports for the next two days or you know, whatever it might be. Sure. And and you you don't waste time in those valuable stand-up meetings talking about, well, we went to this meeting, we had this conversation. You talk all about the, the work on the initiative. And all, other stuff happens, but that just soaks up capacity, and you have to trust your team members that – you know they're that they're not coming to work, you know, to go hide and duck from work. They're coming to work to do things. Yeah. And sometimes they have to do stuff that's outside the initiative, and you trust them to know the priorities. And when they have capacity, they'll pull work in and it'll get done. Well, we hope that their managers can make sure that those off balance sheet liabilities don't turn them into an Enron or something like that. <laughs> I know I definitely Roland and I have had conversations in recent weeks about it. Cause I have the same thing. I mean, there's a certain amount of capacity that you have to dedicate to stuff. That's the overhead, I guess is the best way to yeah. describe it. It's stuff that you just have to do and it doesn't end up on a, it's not, it doesn't fit in neatly into your Kanban or your or Scrumban or your Scrum yeah. board. I forget which one of our guests, Frank, but they were saying that he was actually budgeting. I forget what they were saying, 60% of his, the time of the worker for actually working against what's on the board. Yeah, I personally budget about 30% so for <laughs> overhead, but... Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, guys, we, we're we're trying to go beyond budgeting. Yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> we could Roland and I could and, and you guys we could probably talk for another hour. Unfortunately, we try to keep the podcasts in the 25 to 30 minute range. So it's, uh, I guess we all have a sitcom attention span these days. So um, this was wonderful. I think I yeah. learned a ton, and it was great to kind of get more color added to. Uh, to the conversation, and most notably, David, um, I should sh I'll share with John Cass the note about the fact that the Agile Marketing Manifesto is something that you guys are have used and and uh, riffed on, and maybe you can share that with some folks. I know they spent some time on it a few years ago, and it's something that there's been some talk in the community of of trying to update. We'd, yeah, we'd love to uh, contribute to that in any way possible. So I, I heard you say that you had your own little version of the Agile Marketing Manifesto. If you're willing to share that, I'd love to be able to include that in the show notes for our listeners, or at least some version of it. Sure, we can make that available. And notes to our listeners as well that the Marketing Agility Podcast is still still available on iTunes. You can also find old episodes on agilemarketingblog.com. Again, if you have a story to tell, you have something interesting you want to share, you want to 
question you want to challenge, you can reach Roland at, at rsmartly on Twitter or myself, Frank Days, at Tangy Slice on Twitter. Tweet us, email us, poke at us on LinkedIn. We're around. We're always looking for people to talk to who have interesting stories to share. And thank you again for joining us today, and please stay agile.